When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. What's up, ladies, stars, and stars? This is former WWE diva Maria Kanellis and current first lady of Ring of Honor, and you are listening to In the Room. Gentlemen, welcome back. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, VOCNation.com, and of course on your favorite podcast providers as well. Uh, Brady Hicks here. I, I got to say right off the bat, I, I'm really excited for tonight's show. I, I know I say that every week, but I, I, I have a really good feeling it's going to be a, just a great episode. Uh, lots to talk about, and a very special guest. We're going to be joined by wrestling journalist, author. And uh, just all-around great guy. His name is Keith Elliott Greenberg. We'll learn a little bit more about him uh, in just a little bit, but he'll be checking in uh, probably in about 20, 25 minutes' time. Uh, So anyway, like I said, my name is Brady Hicks. Joining me once again, the lovely Kathy Fitz. How you doing, Kathy? Hey, Brady. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Seems like things uh, took a turn for the better today, right? Yeah, since Wednesday, so it's gotten a little bit better, so things are looking up. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, We've all been praying, for sure. Uh, Also joining us, the one and only maestro of professional wrestling, Papa Stro. How you doing tonight, brother? Oh, yeah, great to be here with you guys. Always highlight the week here. Um, Kathy, uh, that's wonderful news, and you all have my thoughts and prayers. Um... And also, my thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Jerry King Lawler. And uh, last, uh, the latest update is that uh, from Dutch Mantel just made an update saying that he's uh, the doctor's expecting him to recover and everything, and he's he's doing better as well. So, you know, thank God for that. Yeah, I did hear that. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about Jerry Lawler tonight. Uh, what an impact he's made on wrestling, and and uh, we almost thought we lost him ten years ago, and then it's 
thank God we didn't, you know, and here we are once again. Uh, also joining us, uh, Matt Grimm. Uh, what's going on, Matt? How are you doing tonight? Um, I can't complain, and, you know, even if I did, nobody would care or listen, so... There's that, but I'm glad, uh, Kathy. I'm glad things are, are looking up for you, and um, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm certainly also glad the uh, the king is uh, in in better shape than we thought he could have been. Yeah, it, it's been a rough week. I mean, you know, we lose Lenny Poffo, obviously, and that was that was a huge kind of disappointing, sad thing to see. Uh, Lenny actually, he he has a history with the show. Believe it or not, we kind of. We're on the same podcast network for a number of years. Uh, the the original VOC, well, it was originally uh, PWI Weekly, then it became In the Room, uh, but that was part of the Who's Slamming Who network, which featured Lenny Papo as well. So we go pretty far back with that. I'm talking like 2008, 2009, something around there. Uh, so it, it, very sad, very sad for sure. Kind of feels like the end of an era, really, because he was the last of... Uh, you know, the Papo clan, you know, obviously we lost Randy and we lost his dad and we lost his mom a couple of years ago and now that's all of them. It's sad. It is. Um, the the Jerry Lawler thing, sad as well. Like I said, we, we had a couple scares with Jerry Lawler over the years, you know. Uh, most recently, I guess it was in like 2012 when he had the heart attack on an episode of Raw, which was terrifying. I, I can remember we brought in Stacey Carter who did, like, a from-the-hospital update for us. And it was really nice of her to do, just kind of looking back. It probably was a little sleazy that I even asked her. I just knew that there were a lot of people who cared. Um, and here we are again, you know. Um, Jerry Lawler in the, in the hospital. He had a stroke. Um, yeah, by all accounts, it seems like he's doing better. So that's good. Um, responsive and, uh, you know, everything like that. So hopefully full recovery um yeah kind of messed up kind of messed up and then the big story from this past week you know if we're really gonna kind of dive in it's uh i i feel like sammy zane has kind of like stolen cody rhodes's spot in a way for and and obviously he's not going to steal his spot for wrestlemania cody's getting the title shot that's what they had planned for and that's what they're going to follow through with, but I'm seeing more and more momentum. It reminds me so much of the Daniel Bryan thing from years ago, where people are going to crap all over it if they're not going to get what they want. And right now, what they want, because WWE did such a good job booking it, they want Sami Zayn. They want Sami Zayn with a title. You know? So, there's certainly a lot we can talk about with that tonight. And, um... It's a situation where they painted themselves into a corner, but it doesn't have to be drastic. I mean, there there are some things that they could do. Uh, they could bring back money in the bank, maybe at WrestleMania. Maybe that would appease some fans. If Sami Zayn kind of won that, and we're able to cash in down the line against Roman for one or both of his titles, that's always an option. Um, the other interesting thing is, and I feel like WWE kind of brought this on themselves, by not having Cody be a surprise for the Royal Rumble. The fact that people knew about him coming in, the fact that we got preached to for, what was it, four or five, six weeks beforehand about Cody Rhodes, I, I, 
I, I think that took away from the interest in him winning it. And it made it very predictable. Yeah. Babyfaces baby never lose when they promise something. That promo on Raw last night with Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes may have very well saved the deal with Cody and as well paved, paved the way for, for WrestleMania. Um, because, um, and, and honestly, I'm watching this promo, I'm, I'm like, God, this, this is so great. I just wish it was earlier, you know what I mean? And so yeah. we would have a build, more of a build up to now. But, I mean, at the same token, I mean, that promo pretty much, it saved it with uh, Cody for WrestleMania. That was awesome. Well, you, you know, when you um, when you need to get people excited, you send in the master, right? I mean, Paul Heyman oh, yeah. did such a great job, oh, yeah. not just saving it, like you said. He made it personal. He made it family-related, yeah. and he gave us reasons why we should care about Cody when Cody won't give us those reasons himself. Yeah, it, it was what was needed. Yeah. I'm kind of ready for Cody Rhodes to fight Paul Heyman now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if anything, like his, his beef is with Heyman more than it is with Reigns. Right. Well, Dustin, right. Has, Dustin put up a great Twitter about it. He said, get him, bro. By the way, kick him in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Who posted that? Our Dustin? No, Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> I know, I'm only playing. I'm only playing. Uh, Cody, kick him in the balls, Cody. <laughs> and probably say in Seth, Seth Rollins' voice, it should have been me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, 914-338-1885 is the number to call in tonight. I see we have a couple people in the queue. Uh, we're going to hold off you guys in a little bit just because the guest's coming on shortly, but... I promise we're going to get to each and every one of you. Uh, Malcolm, you're up first, so please hang tight. I, I promise I will get to you uh, before before we, you know, as soon as we can. I shouldn't say before, but as soon as we can, I will. Um, I, I still am looking at the situation with Cody, and there are people who are going to disagree with me, but I think you've got Roman Reigns with two title belts. I see no reason... Why you can't have Sammy challenge for one and Cody challenge for the other. You don't even have to have Sammy win it. You know, because I don't want to take away from Cody winning a belt. But I think you got to have Sammy involved. Or, or the fans are going to crap all over it. I, I, you know what, I think it's refreshing that this year it's not all about Bringing a bringing back a returning star for the main event at Mania. Yeah. Now we have stars that are full time that are getting the spotlight, and it, I, it's great. Which is ironic because a couple of weeks ago, all the talk was about all the stars who are returning. Yeah. 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 Now. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they're smart. Um, I I I could see like one one return, maybe Cena, you know. But I I could see one. I think Cena and Theory would be really good, especially if Theory won the match. Um, and they could even like, 
I always kind of said, like, Cena and Batista came up together. They became main eventers together. Uh, maybe they should go in the Hall of Fame together, considering that it's uh, in Hollywood. So. Yeah. That isn't exactly the uh, enthusiastic uh, response that I thought <laughs> it would get, but it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank, you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I know it's not exactly uh, exciting to think of John Cena and Batista. I think Batista should go in the Hall of Fame for sure. Maybe John Cena's jumping the gun. Honestly, The Rock should go in. I don't know what his deal is, but he's too busy to go in the Hall of Fame. But you what know, getting, getting that getting that Warner Brothers money and that Disney money. Yeah. But that certainly ain't stopping them from making that sometimes good, sometimes awful TV show. Mm-hmm. Which ironically yeah. <laughs> is an homage to WWE. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But yeah, we can talk about any of that tonight. It's WrestleMania season. We gotta get excited. We gotta get excited. And I think the best way to get excited is I, I think you gotta work Sami Zayn in somewhere. I <laughs> it's for me it's gonna keep coming back to it. That's what the fans wanna see. Um yeah. You got two you know, titles. A, a three way with Cody Sammy and, and Roman for the title. Oh, God. That almost has to be what it ought to be, honestly, if, at this rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's no, an we'll option, see. you know? <laughs> I just worry about turning Cody dead. Like, if Sammy's in that match and Cody wins the title, maybe that's the uh, answer, though. I mean, you could have Cody win it without actually beating Roman. Hmm. Well, I mean... Let me just put this idea out there because I feel like I'm in the minority here at this point, but I don't see the value in taking that title off of Roman to put it on. I would rather see him fight Sammy because Sammy has a better story with this. But I don't see the value of of having Roman drop. Like, never mind splitting the titles. I don't see the value in seeing Roman Reigns lose a match to either Sammy Zayn or Cody Rhodes. I just, I don't, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. I, I just don't see Cody as a main event level guy. Um, and with all the cachet that Roman has built up, I, he is not the person that I would cash those chips in on um, and, and get put put in that spot to beat Roman Reigns. Um, I, 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 so, yeah, I don't see yeah. it. I, I feel people are talking about it like it's inevitable. And I'm like, dude. Like, I know I joke about keeping that title on him, like, another decade, but, like, I don't <laughs> I don't have a problem with him holding that belt for at least another year at this point. And you know who I'll forget yeah, about it, here, this, all this? It's Jay. Jay is the X Factor here. Yeah, there's yeah. still, still storyline to be told with Jay and the Usos and Sammy and Kevin. And, yeah, yeah, there, there's there's more to do here. Yeah, I mean, and, and Matt, I, I hear what you're saying with Cody. I, I, I agree. I don't think he's at that level. Um, but if not him, then who? And when? You know? 
I, I think see, I think they've already had an off ramp that they didn't take, which was Drew McIntyre at you know, when they were in Wales. Um, right. I thought that was probably their best option. If they didn't do it then, then you might as well wait. And honestly, like if if you were gonna if you were gonna print out like use a three D printer and print out a a, a prototypical top tier baby face for WWE, that's Drew McIntyre. And maybe you take another year and really heat him back up again going into WrestleMania 40 um, and do it then. But, I mean, I wouldn't put it... I don't know. If, if I were the person in charge of making the decisions, I would not, I would not do it for Cody Rhodes. I would not do it for Sami Zayn. If I were the person in charge, here's what I would do. I would have Roman defend... The Raw title, well, first of all, I would have him defend the, the, I guess it would be the Universal title, which would be SmackDown. Saturday night would be Roman versus Sami Zayn. Maybe you do Jey Uso as the referee there. I don't know. But regardless, I would have Roman retain. I would have him just straight up win the match. Now, the next night on Sunday night, I would have Roman Cody. And that would be for the WWE title, the title that Cody wants, which would essentially be the champion for Raw. You could do interference there. You could have Sami Zayn cost Roman that Raw title. That would essentially give Cody the stamp of blessing from Sami Zayn. I think the fans would be okay with it, and Roman would still be holding on to the SmackDown title. Um, and, And I don't think he would have too much of a blemish from it, because it really wouldn't entirely be his fault. So I, I think if I were going to do it, I, that's mm-hmm. what I would do. That's what I would do. You know, what they really, you know what they really could do also along those lines? It, it, it would be reminiscent of, of the time where Sting won the title from Ric Flair at the Great American Bash. Have, mm-hmm. uh, have Actually have, you know, with the bloodline it rings, that have Sammy uh, and Kevin Owens also come out and, it, it, and, and who knows the J too to offset the uh, bloodline ringside kind of like the dudes who attitudes did with the horsemen yeah when Sting won the title from Flair so I mean I mean yeah, it, yeah. that could I be mean, a possibility it, I mean and, and then what you're doing there is you're kind of creating chaos and you're giving like a feasible uh, explanation for how Cody could be beating that juggernaut in a one-on-one match mm-hmm. for the title uh, I, I wouldn't even have to say Cody has to hold the belt for a long time or whatever. I mean, I, I just think it would be enough to just kind of create some excitement, do something different on Raw for a little while, and Roman can continue to do his thing with his title belt, which is really the SmackDown title. It's not like he shows up at Raw anyway. I, I know, no, I know, Matt. I, it, it, I, it's, I, I, yeah, it's not I, ideal, I but none of it is ideal. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, the most ideal situation might be to keep the title on him. And if you really are worried about, like, like don't, I mean, uh, dude, he's already, like, the most popular person in the company as it is, maybe outside of Sammy. Yeah. Like, you're telling me you can't turn Roman babyface gradually over a several-month period, maybe later this year, and suddenly you make could. him... You could. And, I, and you someone... Know, uh, uh, Yep. Yeah, you know, along you're saying that, along you're saying that, I, I heard 
someone say this the other day, that if Roman comes out as champion through Mania, right, he will be in the echelon of a Bruno San Martino yep. record. I mean, he, he, I mean, as he will be in a whole new level of champion <laughs> going forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to He's believe it's been a couple of years days now. In a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's like, pretty why, cool. Why mess? Uh, but why my whole thing is like, now? like, well, he could lose the WWE title and still break that record. Because the Universal one's the one that he's had for that point. Uh, I, I mean, he's I, only I, had this one for about those, a year. Well, I see those as one championship now at this point. Cause, and they refer to it as yeah, one championship. I know. They I just wish that but they they're would two just, belts. Just, 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 just bring back some larger version of the Winged Eagle yeah. belt and go back to one belt and, and call it what it is. <laughs> now, I think for the Winged Eagle belt, of- your best bet is to get – you get Cody as champion, he's going to do the same thing you did with the IC belt. I can almost guarantee you. Oh, uh, God. I just don't want I just don't want it to be him. And I'm, I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Now, I don't find his reason – his reason is not compelling. Okay. Is, well, my dad never won this, so I'm going to win it. Well, that's not compelling. Like, <laughs> like what about yeah. you? To, 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 um, to, to your point, Matt. The rumor is that if Roman retains at WrestleMania, his next big challenger, they're going to move Lashley and MVP over to SmackDown, and Lashley will be the next guy. Um, I think that feud, especially if Lashley goes over on Lesnar, uh, that could be big. You know, that could be because he's over. You know, he he gives you another feasible opportunity where you would say like, hey, like maybe Roman won't win this. You know. But right. other than him, like you said, Drew McIntyre's got to be kind of built back up, and it'll take a while. Did, did you guys hear uh, Brock Lesnar's promo about Lashley the other night? Oh, my God. He says he yeah. couldn't stop thinking about Lashley. He was ice fishing. He was, he couldn't eat his steak dinner. <laughs> and he said he was in bed with his wife. And then he paused for a second. Then he says, then five, and that, about five hours later, I couldn't get last off my mind. people were like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. This is hilarious. He's a treasure. He's a treasure. Banging Sable in 2023. Who would have thought oh, that would be the case? It's like you remember when he was in the UFC or whatever, he – um. <laughs> He won the one match. I forget UFC. I forget if it was Miller Lite or Bud Light was the sponsor for UFC, but whichever one it was, he said the opposite. So they like he won his big title match, and like you know they're interviewing him at ringside. Oh, what are you going to do now? He's like, I'm I'm going to go home and drink a a twelve pack of Bud Light and bang my wife and melt my wife. But he said whatever the beer was that wasn't the sponsor, which was funny. And further, like yeah, said it was like Coors yeah. or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Whatever it was. A little wrap around the air. He just doesn't give it. Because <laughs> he knows. Because he knows there ain't going to be anybody that looks like him for a long, long time. I'll bet you we're, we're getting toward the end of the uh, the Brock Lesnar thing here. I mean, he's he's got to be in his 40s now. I'd imagine he's hurting. He's uh, Well, he's yeah. he's older than we are, so... 
he's got to be is he? 45, 46, yeah. Wow, I didn't realize he was older than us. Barely, but yeah. Not older than Yeah. Me. <laughs> he's uh he's forty five. Yep. Wow. But dude, but Chris Jericho is what like fifty three at this point. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. And also to Brock's like, you know, a positive for Brock. He hasn't put his body through as much as a lot of like. He certainly doesn't have the miles <clears throat> on him that Chris Jericho has. No. No. You know. And he's not wrestling not only, pretty much yeah. every week like Chris Jericho is. Right. And he also took like seven years off of those mm-hmm. 20 that he's been around, <laughs> 21. <laughs> and his matches tend not to be longer than five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually not. And he's usually I, not I the one getting thrown around either. They did all the Jericho crews. They teamed together, right? Uh, I saw recently. that. Yeah. And it looks yeah. like a before and after picture. Well, I, uh, Jericho Housen, right? <laughs> Jericho Housen. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a Brock Housen. That sounds like Brock a really Housen. fancy schnitzel. <laughs> sounds like a beer, actually. <laughs> at, at the like a Brock Housen. Right. <laughs> Brock Housen with the works. <laughs> Brockhausen with the works, right? Yeah. It also <laughs> sounds like it could be like a crown macro beer from like Central Europe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, listen, guys, we're going to continue this conversation shortly, uh, but I don't want to keep them waiting. Right now we have a renowned wrestling journalist on the line we're going to be talking with. He's a he's a reporter. He's a writer. Uh, he's done so much. It, it's absolutely amazing to see. Uh, he recently published a well, a number of books. Okay, but we're going to talk about that just in, in just a second. Uh, from Inside the Ropes magazine, we have uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg joining us. Keith, how you doing today? Hey, great! It's really great to be with you guys. Oh man, it's so surreal to hear your voice because I've been listening to it for so long now. It's uh, it, it's an amazing thing. It really is. Uh, uh, how are things going either. your way? <laughs> no, I mean, of course things are going fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, so you, things, you have, things are going fine. What? You've, uh, I would say something. You're very prolific, Keith. I mean, you've got uh, all these different wrestling books. You were involved in uh, To Be the Man, uh, Follow the Buzzards, Pro Wrestling in the Age of COVID-19, uh, the, the 2020 book on indie wrestling. Just so much. Uh, any highlights for you? Anything so far during your long, illustrious career? You know, um, sometimes people are surprised that I still have a lot of enthusiasm for uh, the pro wrestling of today. And I think the highlights continue to be lived over and over again. I think it's getting to know some of the younger wrestlers, enjoying the current product, and celebrating the product I grew up with and even the product that preceded my birth. I mean, we're wrestling fans. We're a community. We're all in this together. How difficult has it been the last couple of years? Obviously, we had COVID-19. Uh, a lot of the houses were down and stuff like that. Uh, how has how difficult has it been to kind of 
stay on top of wrestling and track it like you do. I, is the enthusiasm still there for people, do you think? I mean, you know, it depends who those people are. I certainly think there were people who drifted off during COVID-19. I also think there were people who became um, more passionate in their fandom during COVID-19 because they had less to do and less to focus on. I mean, I wrote an entire book on it, Follow the Buzzards Pro Wrestling in the Age of COVID-19, which just came out in October. And it showed how different wrestling promotions improvised. I mean, obviously, from the major promotions, we saw the Thunderdome with WWE. And, you know, seeing those LED screens surrounding the ring, it made you forget for, you know, momentarily that there was a, a pandemic out there. You know, AEW did the stadium stampede, which I think was one of the most entertaining matches of the COVID era, along with, of course, the cinematic matches in WWE. But then I attended shows like Warrior Wrestling out of Chicago Heights, Illinois. They staged matches on a high school football field with people socially distanced, because those were the rules at the time. Um, GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, did outdoor shows in a park in Indianapolis before people were even vaccinated. And again, There was social distancing. There was a promotion uh, I covered in my book in Finland. They did a a show in an oil tanker because of the booming sound it would make when people were being slammed, but they could do that without any fans in there. And those are the folks who really deserve the praise, the folks with limited resources who still found a way to work around it. So in some ways, I think maybe – It was an inspiring time. It meant that wrestling was going to remain no matter what. I assume a lot of like this that you're talking about here, a lot of those uh, adaptations and stuff, that's all covered in the indie wrestling book, right? Well, the indie wrestling book is about the history of indie wrestling leading to the formation of AEW in 2019. Okay, okay. I was always going to write a sequel. And I thought the sequel was going to be, okay, it's the year 2020, uh, what's going to happen to the Indies? Like, is WWE and WWE and AEW going to grab all the great indie talents? Is there going to be a thriving indie scene? Uh, Will there be a glut of too many wrestlers being signed? And then COVID happened. And so my sequel was, Follow the buzzards pro wrestling in the age in the age of COVID nineteen. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, it's interesting that you talk about indie wrestling, and obviously there were a lot of questions surrounding it a couple of years ago. Um, for years, a lot of the conversations that we were having on this program and on others surrounded around like the death of the territories and how things were so much different back then, and it really had become like a at one point, a one-horse race, then a two-horse race, and obviously some influence from Japan and stuff like that. Um, but at this point, what would you say is the prognosis for indie wrestling? I mean, I think indie wrestling is fairly healthy right now. And, you know, yeah. obviously we read today that there's some WWE talent <clears throat> going to appear on Booker T's upcoming show. That doesn't mean we're going to see... WWE talent 
on indie shows every week, but it shows a certain loosening of the restrictions. Um, AEW has allowed its talent to appear on indies. You know, in some ways, I think they're restricting that to a degree. But I don't think any of those doors are closed. And I point this out in my book from 2020, which was called mm-hmm. Too Sweet Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. You know, the uh, at the beginning of this century, um, if you were an indie promoter, you had to draw a crowd with former stars from WWE, WCW, or ECW. Now there are legitimate indie stars. Like I went, you know, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, I, um, you know, I spent the time doing book signings at the GCW shows in Atlantic City. And I saw people like Speedball Mike Bailey and, you know, Nick Wayne and, uh, you know, Ijo de Vikingo uh, from Mexico and Joey Janela, who's back being a full-time indie guy, and Effie and um, the Dark Sheik and um, uh, 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 what is her name? Uh, Alley Catch. And, you know, those are big indie stars and they all have followers. Sure. And, you know, they all have people lined up at their merch tables. Um you know, um, Maki Ito was there from Japan, who's one of the great sports entertainers of our era. So you can go to an indie show and, you know, indulge yourself. I mean, PWG, they haven't lost a step. I mean, even Chris Jericho showed up at one of their shows recently. So I, I think sure. the scene is thriving right uh, now. When you're talking about the big guys, I think like you said, it's been a lot of um, adaptation in recent years. Um, But it helps when you're open-minded at the top. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, uh, you've kind of got leadership both in AEW and in WWE for that matter, who are really open-minded about trying different things, you know, and um, listening more to the fans and what they have to say about you know, the sort of products that they would like. Has that been your impression with WWE and AEW? That they really are making – sorry, I, go I, ahead. I, yeah. No, please, continue, continue. No, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm done, Keith. I was rambling. <laughs> but, but I, yes, I, it is my impression. You know, and look, I have been around a long time. I started writing for WWE's magazines back in 1985. And I saw uh, – you know, examples of Vince McMahon's fandom. I listened to Vince McMahon uh, talk with romance in his voice about the wrestling he watched when he was, you know, a a, a teen uh, bonding with his father and his favorite wrestlers from that time. And, you know, innovative ways they presented their product to the fans. You know, I've watched Shane McMahon in a dressing room jumped out of his seat, excited at something he saw. So that's always been there. But I think in the current landscape, you have Triple H, who is truly a wrestling fan, in addition to all the other hats he wears. And I think he loves the. If you look at what NXT has been, he loves the same kind of wrestling all of us do. And, of course, Tony Khan is one of us. 
team, you know, if one of us had the resources of Tony Khan, maybe we'd be a promoter. And I dare say, I'm not sure we could do it as well. <laughs> so, you know, it is kind of a uh, inspiring time. Now, uh, a lot of people might not realize that they inadvertently know the name Keith Elliott Greenberg in a number of ways. And I, I certainly want to talk about some of these before you're off the air tonight. Uh, but like you said, you've been doing this a long time. How did your contributions to the WWE encyclopedia kind of come about? Well, I've been around. I mean, you know, it, mm -hmm. uh, I, I start, like I said, I started at the first WrestleMania. I was doing an article about pro wrestling for Us Weekly. And I met uh, Ed Rashidi, who was the editor of the WWF magazine at the time. And he said, okay. I've said this in other interviews, he said one sentence to me that changed my life. He said, how would you like to start writing for us? And I never worked full-time for WWE. I was always on retainer for them. But, you know, I immersed myself deeply in the wrestling world. I was already writing about it. And then I made very strong connections with people. I would even say... Friendship. So when, by the time I contributed to the two uh, editions of the WWE Encyclopedia that I co-wrote, I was no longer a retainer for WWE, but my relationship with them never went away. And I'm very proud of that, that I never had a falling out with them. And I think part of the reason for that is when people would ask me to be on podcasts that involved trashing WWE, I've always declined because I do feel, look, it's constructive criticism is always good, but mm -hmm. WWE is what brought us all to this dance. And, you know, I have had personally and professionally um, a lot of joy from being involved with WWE. And I'm not going to go and bash WWE nor speculate about things that may be going on behind the scenes that I don't know about. And hence, periodically, when they need me to contribute to something, I get the call, and I'm always happy to participate. It's interesting to me, and I, and I sort of knew this, that you were never, like, ever formally a part of WWE. I mean, you mentioned that, and, and well, obviously that's part true. Of their magazines, you know, and I co-wrote okay. a number of books. But I never sure. worked. I was never an office guy. I was never in the. You were never an employee, right? Um, I was on so the I guess, retainer for them. Retainer. Okay. So I, I guess my question would be: Is that something like? Were, say that again. I'm sorry, you broke up there. I paid a fee every month for 22 years to uh, to write I've for the magazines and do other other writing projects for them. So I consider that being part of the WWE. Because there was, um, I had a responsibility every month, and I was on the mm -hmm. road, you know, at once a month, sometimes more. And, um, you know, the bonds were strong. I never felt that I was um, excluded from anything. Although I will say this, socially, my best friends for most of that run were the Japanese photographers. And I think by removing myself a little bit, I avoided uh, shooting off my mouth after hours in the wrong place. Um, 
being in situations where I probably wouldn't have belonged because I had another circuit of friends who were not deeply connected to the suits at WWE. And, uh, you know, I probably benefited from that. Was there ever a part of you that wished that your relationship with WWE had been even more? Or were you kind of happy with the place that you were in? No, I was very happy because I got to know everybody. Okay. So, you know, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to be an office guy. Also, I'm a New York City guy. I never wanted to go up to Connecticut to work. And I you know, I, I work as a full time as a TV producer. So I've always been able to sure. keep those other parts of my life active. And at one point I when I was working at MSNBC in the early two thousands I had to commute to New Jersey, and I didn't like leaving the city every day. I like waking up and hearing noise outside the window and traveling on the subway. So it would not have suited me to go up to, uh, you know, pristine, uh, the, the, the pristine nutmeg <laughs> state. Although, to other people, right. I respect the considered paradise. Okay, okay. Uh, now, I think a lot of fans... Um, maybe, again, they had sort of known your name or whatever, but I feel like with that Ric Flair documentary that recently came out on Peacock, uh, you were a huge part of that, Keith. Uh, what was that experience like? Obviously, you go back a ways with Ric Flair. Well, I wrote his book in 2004, and I remember yeah. that quite vividly because the book hit the bestseller list the week my daughter was born. And I think that I have told my daughter this, that, uh, had the book not hit the bestseller list, I knew it was going to make the bestseller list, but um, had it not made the bestseller list by the time of her birth, I might have been a little preoccupied uh, the day she was born. <laughs> but instead, my mind was clear. I was already on, uh, on, you know, on the bestseller list. It's like, all right, I'll have another kid. Why not? You know, so um, <laughs> I, uh, so, you know, that, that's my relationship with Rick. It, um, you know, it, it's, it's ebbed and flowed over the years. I, uh, between you and I and everybody else listening, I wish we had come out of that relationship as better friends. But um, because, you know, with other people I've written books with, I, I really have kept a close relationship. I was very close to Fred, Freddie Blassie before he died. Mm -hmm. uh, superstar mm -hmm. Billy Graham has been in and out of, you know, he's been in the hospital the last few weeks. I've been speaking to his wife. I even wrote an unpublished book with the Iron Sheik and remained close to his family. And I would have liked to have remained closer to Rick. But we saw each other last WrestleMania uh, during, the, you know, at, at um, WrestleCon. And, you know, we embraced and we had a really nice talk. And uh, I was very honored to be included in the Ric Flair documentary, and a bit surprised that so much of me was used. But then again, I am the Lucez of pro wrestling journalism. <laughs> I love it. What is it about Ric Flair specifically that you think that uh, almost universally beloved? I think it's what people felt. Um, who was it who I just spoke to? Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, and this was for 
an upcoming article of uh, Royal Rumble weekend for Inside the Ropes okay. magazine in the UK. And he quoted mm-hmm. Maya Angelou, the poet, and he said, you know, people might forget, I, I'm paraphrasing, people might forget what you did, people might forget what you said, but they never forget how you made them feel. And, you know, I've said this before, uh, you know, it's no secret that Ric Flair at different times of his career has grappled with bouts of insecurity. And I remember once telling him, I wish that he could detach himself and sit in the audience and watch a Ric Flair match and could feel what the fans felt. And I, then he would never feel insecure again. That's fantastic. Uh, wow. Um, you, you're giving me goosebumps just listening to that. That's cool. Uh, you mentioned other interviews that you've done, uh, for, you know, for books or whatever. Uh, Freddie Blassie, uh, uh, superstar Billy Graham, uh, and no doubt um, dozens of others. Uh, is there any one particular interview or relationship that really kind of stands out over the others? Well, I'm going to bring this up because um, he passed away this week. Um, Lanny Poffo was one of my closest friends in pro wrestling and we were you know like again I've been speaking to superstar Billy Graham while his you know I've been speaking to his wife while uh, you know he's been in the hospital and you know I speak to the Iron Sheik's family regularly Uh, but Lanny really was a dear friend and we were when I was down at the Royal Rumble, he had messaged me and wanted to know if I wanted to meet him at a restaurant in Midtown Manhattan because he was, uh, you know, he was in New York. And I was already in Texas at the Royal Rumble. And then there's a restaurant, a pro wrestling bar in Brooklyn called DDT. And um, every Wednesday night, if I'm in town or if I'm not, you know, busy with other work, I go in there and watch AEW with a group of people. And so I texted him Wednesday and said, you want to meet up in Brooklyn tonight? And I didn't hear back from him. And then in the morning, the Iron Sheik's nephew, John Megan, texted me and said, uh, Lanny had died. And so, you know, here's all these wrestling people, you know, who are now playing intimate roles in my life. And, um... I actually contacted the friend of Lanny's who, you know, he went to the restaurant with. And we're going to go have dinner on Friday night and just talk about Lanny. That's so nice. And, yeah, it it absolutely – I mean, I haven't had probably a quarter of the experiences that you have. uh, But I can tell you it hurts really deeply to lose somebody that you're close with. Um, so I can't even imagine kind of the thoughts and feelings. I, I was saying earlier before you got on the air, it's like Lanny Poffo passing away is officially kind of the end of a huge era in professional well, wrestling between his brother and his dad. The end of the Poffo's yeah. legacy. And, you, and yeah. I was fortunate to, you know, I was trying to get a hold of Lanny's daughter, and I ended up speaking on the phone with her husband. And, you know, Lanny's okay. daughter's a civilian. She's a regular, normal, non-wrestling person. She's not listening sure. to this podcast. She's not... I like how you call them normal. Busted yeah. up the radio. She's not talking, right. you know, about 
who's going to make the PWI 500. And, um, you know, and she has two children, and they're just going to grow up as regular nice people. But now it's the end of that Papa legacy, and there was such immense pride. You know, Lanny had it. Randy had it. His father, Angelo, had it. His mother, Judy, yeah. had it. And what that family had built and what they stood for. And it is sad to see that go away. And there's no caretaker of that now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, for you know, example, the like, hearts, where somebody will always the, be there. The, the hearts, right. Sorry, the hearts ahead. are represented. No, yeah. that's a great example. Like, you know, yeah. uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is a, a great performer, and he's carrying on that heart legacy as well as his father's family's legacy. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I spoke to Jacques Rougeau today, and Jacques Rougeau, you know, he's not wrestling anymore. His sons tried wrestling for a while. It wasn't really for them. But he has this reality series, Wrestle Academy in Canada, and they're yes. going into their second season. And so that is a continuation of the Rougeau family wrestling legacy. He hasn't let it drop. And Lanny was there carrying the torch for the Papo family, and no one expected him to go. I mean, this was a guy who dieted. This was a guy who worked out. You know, this was not a man who let him, you know, who just let life take him over. He was a very useful 68-year-old. And so that's what's also shocking about it. Well, sadly, um, sadly, things are always changing with time. Uh, And as we look at the wrestling landscape, uh, there's been a, a, a whole lot of changes just in the last even like five, six, seven years. Uh, what what sort of things do you kind of see being um, – what sort of things do you see changing in wrestling, and what sort of things do you think will be kind of universally the same for years to come? Well, I think what will be universally the same, and that's, that's a great question, um, you Thanks. know – you become hooked on wrestling when you're a kid. And when you're a kid, everything you see is the most magical thing ever. And when you're, and I'm, I'll be 64 this year, I can remember Bruno San Martino and Pedro Morales and watching the Spanish language uh, broadcasts from Los Angeles, which we received in New York City. And to me, I idealized that stuff. It was the greatest wrestling I ever saw in my life. But right now, somebody is watching The Miz and Dexter Loomis, and they'll be 60 years old (laughs) one day, and that will be the greatest thing they ever saw. Remember when Dexter Loomis dragged The Miz through the crowd? And that's the stuff that (laughs) remains the same. It's like one generation after another becomes hooked and then there's like a part of them that never loses that love. It's like the first you know, partner you fall in love with, the first girl if you're a heterosexual you ever had a crush on. There's always something about that you idealize. You know, like sometimes 
I'll look at a, a, a woman walk down the street and I'll remember an early girlfriend and I it conjures up that same feeling of when I was a teenager having a crush on that girlfriend. And, you know, yeah. it's the same way with wrestling. There's something that gives you a whiff of what you saw early on and then you, like, fall in love again a little bit. So that's the sameness. Obviously, this is a transitional time. Like, after my last book came out, people were pestering mm-hmm. me, like, so what's your next book? What's your next book? I mean, how can I even guess what my next book will be? Like, look how the wrestling landscape changes, you know, by the day or by the week. Right, I don't know right. what's going to happen next. You know, will WWE, you know, remain under its current ownership? Will WWE be sold? Will different types of talent be brought in? You know, what, you know, what, what will Tony Khan develop a brain trust around him in AEW? We don't really know. I mean, who would have imagined that Tony Khan would own Ring of Honor not that long ago? Who would have imagined that Vince McMahon mm. would no longer be in charge of creative? You know, there's so much uncertainty, and in some ways, that's exciting because there's mystery there. And look, it's, I'm not investing my money in the game. So as a wrestling fan, I think it's a pretty cool time to be following this stuff. Oh, for sure. And as the landscape constantly changes, there are some universal truths, of course. For example, legends like you and uh, Bill Apter are still running around kind of doing your thing. Uh, One of the listeners wants to know who (laughs) – so do I. He's been a mentor to me. Uh, One of the listeners wants to know specifically who would win in a big money match between you and Bill Apter for the championship office wrestling title. Bill Apter, and I will happily do the honors for him. (laughs) Straight up? No funny business? He can put one finger on me, and I'll keep my shoulders on the match. (laughs) Keith, this has been great. Uh, If people want to kind of keep up with you and everything you've got going on with your busy life, uh, social media-wise, or or how can people kind of follow you? Oh, I'm on social media. I'm on, well, I'm on Facebook, although I'm rapidly approaching that 5,000 threshold, uh, you know, because... Mm. They don't let you get other, you know, uh, other friends at 5,000. Uh, I was hacked on Instagram a few months ago, right when my book came out. So I had to build a new Instagram account. And, you know, I don't have a ton of Instagram followers now. So, yeah, I'm always happy to have new Instagram followers. And, you know, and I'm on Twitter. And it's interesting because at the Royal Rumble press conference, Like, I asked a couple of questions, and suddenly, like, I'm getting messages, like, people are trashing you on Twitter. And not only were people (laughs) trashing me, but, like, within, like, 48 hours, I had 200 more followers. So, I don't know, maybe there there is no such thing as bad publicity. (laughs) I guess not. Those Twitter fans are brutal, man. I don't go on there unless I have to. Uh, I mean, look, I guess, like, I actually discussed this with my, like, my kids were getting upset. Like, like my oldest kid is going to be 26. Like, you know, it's not like my oldest kid is a a, a baby. But it's like, why are they saying this shit about you? And, um, you know, I can imagine you're watching the Royal Rumble. You're watching four hours 
and you're tweeting and you're saying, oh, you know, I knew Cody was going to win. That was so predictable. It's like, oh, this beating of Sami Zayn. That's happening all along. It's not that great. And then it's like, okay, now don't turn off the broadcast. We're going to a press conference, and I stand up and with my New York accent and my long hair and all that, and I ask a question. It's like, who's this idiot? What the, what, what the hell are you asking? And some people go, that's Keith Elliott Greenberg. And then other people are like, Keith Elliott Greenberg, he's still alive? I thought he died 20 years ago. You know what? Oh, my God. Let them have fun. Yeah. Doesn't take any you know money what? out of my pocket. <laughs> You know what though, and it was great to see you. I was so happy to see the that that those exchanges that you got to have, and it was archived on Peacock as part of the Royal Rumble, like the the entire show. Followed by that, so you were right there. I I, I thought it was fantastic, Keith. And I honestly, I've been a fan yeah, for so I mean, long. I, I wish you nothing you. but the best. Yeah. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it, and I great you know, and I appreciate you know uh, you having me on the show, and this is. This is the part of the fun now. Like, you know, it doesn't go away. Like, instead of living in the past and saying, oh, it was great during the Attitude Era or it was great during the Hulkamania Era, like, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's right now. Because, like, you and I are talking for the first time, and now you and I will run into each other and we'll already have this connection. And now I'll have another yes. friend in the wrestling business. I love it. I love it. Uh, Keith, again, thank you so much for the time here tonight. We're up against the commercial break. Uh, huge favor to ask, though, if you don't mind. Uh, would we be able to yeah. get you to record uh, a bumper to play on the beginning of the show? Would that be okay? Um, yep. I'll say whatever you want to say. Sure. Uh, so if you could just tell people who you are, uh, remind them that they're listening to In the Room, and we'll have you on your way. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Uh, yep. Keith Elliott Greenberg. Uh, long-time pro wrestling writer, author, uh, the self-professed Lou Fez of pro wrestling journalism, and we are listening to all of us in the room, and please don't go away. I keep that Lou Fez thing. That's perfect for wrestling journalism. It's exactly as I describe it. Thank you so much for the time tonight, sir. It was really appreciated. Oh, I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brady. And we'll talk real soon. Thank you. Uh, And just please keep me informed about when when this will be up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So we're we're live right now. We will. uh, It'll be archived sometime this evening. So I'll make sure to tag you in it. Thank you so much. Okay. Great. Thank you, Keith. Take care. All the best. There you go. There you have it. The Lothes of uh, wrestling journalism, Keith Elliott Greenberg. Uh, So what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. I'm going to try and, yeah, we're not going to do the full one because I've already, we're we're way behind time here. So, uh, yeah, we'll take a quick commercial break. Uh, We've got Howard Morgan on the other side. We've got the callers, including Malcolm and uh, more. 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. 
Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet, as well as Dr. John, as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off the uh, building. And then uh, uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Ding, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Here's the last year, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if you rules, as I always understood and wanted to, the title could only be lost by 10 or 
or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. We're on the easy street, and it feels so sweet, cause the world is by the street, and you're on easy street. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network on VOCNation.com. Uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging with us tonight. Uh, we just got off the phone with Keith Elliott Greenberg, who was absolutely amazing. If you missed it, definitely go back in the archives and check out that interview when it posts tonight because it was it was fun. It was exciting. He actually wanted me to, to, to thank everybody for listening. It was uh, just such a great experience. Anyway, uh, before we get back into the calls and talk some wrestling, uh, before we go to Howard Morgan, who's joining us on the line, before all that stuff, uh, Stro, what do you got going on this week, sir? Oh, gosh. Uh, this Thursday night, WWE Retro returns, 19 Beast and Standard Time on VOCNation.com. And, uh, yeah, well, we're out. I know mean, we've been discussing wrestling views the past a couple of weeks uh, and, and wrestling families. So um, I, I think we're going to have a continuation on um, the wrestling family moniker and... Uh, because we, we get some great feedback so far, so and especially you know with uh, coming to WrestleMania time, I and mean, we got you know the, you got the bloodlines, you got the the road family being talked about, and so much more. So uh, yeah, let's, let's keep keep the good times going here at the Retro. Looking forward to it. Infused is hot as cold, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. That's cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. Volume three. Uh, also joining us on the line uh, once again, and I apologize for the delay, Howard. I feel like I apologize to you almost every week, but, uh, you know, I, we had that great interview, and I didn't want to cut him short. Howard Morgan, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I, and I, I feel like I could listen to him all night long. Seriously. Seriously. He's just got this, like, kind of comforting voice to him. It would be like if... um. Terrible analogy. I'm going to preface it with that. It would be like if Bill Apter and Evan Ginsberg had a kid, if you guys know Evan Ginsberg, and then um, he proceeded to be the same age as those guys. And uh, but, but I don't know. Forget my analogy. That was stupid. But uh, he was amazing. He, he was. <laughs> I'm being goofy tonight. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've got a lot of exciting stuff going on as we kind of build toward WrestleMania, Howard. Uh, we were talking earlier about Sami Zayn and Cody and uh, who should get the title shot. And 
what they should do. And there's so many different roads, pardon the pun, so many different roads that this thing could take. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on the matter? I, I know you're kind of starting to tire of Roman Reigns. I'm just not seeing the alternatives, really. No, I, I'm, I'm actually more tired of Cody Rhodes than I am of Roman Reigns. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I just need, I don't know, for whatever, he just hasn't won me over yet. Although I thought the the Paul Heyman promo with him last night was, was fantastic. I thought it was going on a little too long. And then Paul Heyman, you know, drops the line about, you know, and I'm paraphrasing about, you know, his, about Cody being Dusty's, you know, favorite son, but Roman's the son that he always wanted. And I was like, that just took the whole thing to, you know, to a whole nother level. Um, yeah. You know, in, in the storyline and a story that's got to come, you know, together, you know, fairly quickly. I mean, you know, eight, eight weeks, give or take, you know, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the of Roman defending the title over two nights. I think too much could go wrong on night one. It could jeopardize night two. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. And and I don't have a problem with him retaining at, at WrestleMania. And and I said it last week. Have Cody chase him. You know, to to really build this thing up. And maybe yeah. Cody, you know, I loses here and. And, and, you know, Cody, let's say, you know, in a perfect world, Cody loses at WrestleMania. Now, you know, of course, Roman has all these other challengers he's going to say, so Cody goes to the back of the line again, and he's got to work his way up, you know, to the number one contender spot again. And I think that is yeah, a bigger that story than – Yeah, and I think that is a yeah. bigger story than – just him coming into WrestleMania, you know, after the injury and, and winning. There's then then what? What's what's next? I had um I had forgotten that we had that whole discussion and, and you're right, that makes a lot of sense. I think for a lot of fans the thrill is in the chase and there wasn't a whole lot of chasing going on. It was suddenly like Cody's back, now he's gonna win the Royal Rumble, now he won the Royal Rumble and here's the title shot. So there wasn't really a whole lot to it, you know. Uh, Stroh, right. how excited would Stro, How excited would Dusty Rhodes be to be a part of like this whole angle? Like, how much? I, I like. I have no doubt that like he would have been all over this thing. Oh, absolutely! Gosh, I mean, some of the great things he did in the past. I mean, yeah, he's a you know, I mean, he's creative genius. So yeah, he'd be all about do you it. See, do you, it. It's funny because like any time I hear Cody talk, guys, uh, he always talks about how like Dusty would use Cody as a sample. He wouldn't like smarten him up about anything, and then use Cody's mm-hmm. reactions to gauge the fans' reactions. So like mm-hmm. Cody kind of had a Cody kind of had the same kind of Dusty roads for a father that the fans kind of experienced, you know, in a lot of ways. And I I always kind of found that interesting. Um, Yeah, it's wild. But I also, at the same time, I see so much of Cody in his dad. So much of his dad in Cody, I should say. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you you can see it all over with Cody, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
And with that said, Dusty would want them to do the right thing and draw this out and make a lot of money with it and have Cody win later on. I agree. I, I, Howard, you got me. I, I forgot that we had talked about that, and that was that's a very smart blueprint. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, if, if Dusty was still alive today and, you know, in Cody's corner, can you imagine the the promos between Heyman and who, you know, looked up to Dusty and Dusty going back and forth, you know, for, for – I mean, that in itself could entertain you for months, just, to, just their two promos going back and forth. Yeah, which is what it will have to be because – <laughs> They're only gonna fight on the pay per views. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah I agree. I agree. Uh, but it's a reason to have excitement. Now, where do you think, Howard? That uh, before we go to our first caller, uh, Malcolm, then Dustin. Uh, before we go to them, um, where do you think Sami Zayn fits into all this? Or where should he fit in? I should say, not where will he fit in because they've made it pretty clear what they're gonna do. Yeah, and the, again, you know, going with my heart, my heart, I, I, I want him to win, you know, one of the titles at WrestleMania. And again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, campaigning for the two nights, but you know, I, I don't want him to to win it just to drop it to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. And we all know that, you know, the whole Cody Rhodes Roman Reigns is the <clears throat> the bigger story. But I think Sammy and obviously Kevin Owens are, you know, heading back for a reunion to take the titles from the Usos, I think, is where they're they're kind of steering that, or will steer that, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, let's go to the phones. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, Malcolm first. Uh, Dustin, you're up next. What's going on, Malcolm? How you doing, brother? Hey, Thanks uh, for holding. Sorry, oh, you waiting? It was on listing this guy. Was it Keith uh, Elliot Green? Is that his name? Keith Elliott Greenberg, yes. He's like a, he's like another Greenberg. Bill Asher. He's been around forever. Well, you know what? We had a Hank Greenberg that used to announce for KNBR. He had the same last name. Um, but i got to tell you, listening to this man talk about wrestling, I was getting goosebumps, man. This guy, he is he knows his insides. Like you said, he's like Bill After. Because I talked to Bill after, I haven't met this Keith Elliott Greenberg, but my God, I want to meet this guy because, I mean, he just talks wrestling. You know, he doesn't talk nonsense, he talks wrestling. You know? Yeah. And there are people that are younger than me that, and Mr. Greenberg, I want you to know this, I, I have gone through hell for almost 29 years doing these Hulk Hogan and Macho Man impressions. And Mr. <laughs> Greenberg, I don't do them. <laughs> To goof around, I do them out of respect for both those wrestlers. I talked to sure. one. I've met the other three times, you know, and even did a uh, um, a virtual video chat with him February 19th last year at Extended Stay America show and got a red and yellow um, weight belt, not a big one, not a small one, a medium size. Right, one. right. And more people. It's so funny. Um, Let me jump in real quick, Malcolm. Real quick, uh, Howard. I, I was listening to uh, Jake. Uh, no, no, don't apologize, but I just wanted to jump in. Howard, I was listening to um, a Jake the Snake podcast recently, and yeah. uh, he started talking about the super fan uh, who's a Hulkamaniac, and he goes to shows, and you hear him yelling everywhere. He's talking about Malcolm on the Snake podcast. Oh. 
Wow. Very nice. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty yeah. funny. You know, Jake didn't sound like he loved you too much. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> he got the snake from Kenny, the snake stabler. He's an Oakland Raiders fan. Like, right, Jake? We like the Oakland Raiders, not the Los Angeles, Las Vegas. We're, we're Oakland Raiders fans, man. We're old school. Right. So, yeah. Not the traders. Yeah, not the traders. Thank you, Brady. Oh, on the same <laughs> subject, I'm picking Philadelphia. You, the Kathy, for um, Papa Joe's Root and Farm, <sighs> for Matt Swasa in Toluca Lake, California. She was there in Philadelphia until she was three. Then she moved to Miami, Florida. And I know a guy, a wrestler. I don't know if he still wrestles. He was in uh, uh, TNA when I met him at Fan Interaction in 2009 in Anaheim. Uh, Dr. Stevie Richards. Dr. Stevie Richards and me like the Eagles. He's an Eagles You know what, Brady? Yeah, he is. I want to see the yeah. Eagles win it because I remember 1980. We were the wild card team, Super Bowl 15. You guys were 12 and 4. We were 11 and 5 with the other five teams. We had all the same records in the AFC. And we even went into San Diego and beat the short circuits in Eric Coriel, which I didn't think would even happen <laughs> in the championship game. But you know what? I'm pulling for the Eagles because we, we came in there and we were just one step ahead of them 27 10 at Super Bowl 15 in New Orleans. And I want to see the Eagles win it. For all my friends, guys I knew in the army. I was two years old. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. As the rock would say, this doesn't matter. Uh-oh. Uh, Brady. <laughs> yeah. Brady, I just want them, I want them to win for you. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a route. 75% of those championship games have been blowouts <sighs> or lopsided victories. So I just I'm hope the Eagles win. And we'll wait and see no what happens. Offense, no offense to the Eagles or anything, but I, I have a line. I don't want to say I watched three or four hours of one team blowing out the other again. So I am going to watch Super Brawl 2. My man from Venice Beach, California, Sting, challenging the WCW champion, the total package Lex Luger with Harley Race as his manager. One of the greatest <laughs> matches of one. I get to see the Steiner brothers. I get to see that Dave Elliott. I get to see that yep. Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm yep. going to have a good time. Sunday. I love it. And also, Brady, I love it I've been now. going to church yeah. for four weeks in a row. And on Saturday, they asked me to help out at the playground. And I was lifting these heavy weights on the ground, black ones, putting them in the wheelbarrow. I had 10 of them done. They told me <laughs> I had to sit down because I was making them look bad. Malcolm, take a break. Oh, boy. 59 years old. Still hanging in bed with him. You know, and Brady. Hanging and banging for the Lord. I'm rooting for um, Philadelphia is I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. You know that. And you know, don't Mm -hmm. go up piano. The linebacker from Bowling Green, 41. Phil's my best friend in New Jersey. Uh, Phil, I'm rooting for him because you said you're a team you hated. The most with Kansas City, so did Ben Davidson, 83. So, yeah, I'm rooting for the Eagles. Uh, no offense to any Kansas City fans, but you know what? I even drove my silver and black Raider car through Kansas City, Missouri in 2020. And there's a damn thing you can do about it, baby. And you know no, that's Brady, funny. If, if the Eagles win no, this week, you've got to give me the microphone because i got something. i got a tribute saying to say to all the Philadelphia Oh, Eagles you fans. got it, brother. You know? God, I hope yeah, they win. We'll have that. to see, though. 
It's going to be and a tough also, game. Brady, I want, you didn't know, and I want, uh, um, what's his name again? Uh, Evan Greensburg? Keith, what's his name? Keith, Keith Elliott Greenberg. Keith Elliott Greensburg. I'm sorry, Mr. Greensburg. Uh, I'm just a little wound up right now. Uh, and I, I'm really upset about this. I know you talked about it. He met him. He probably knew him more than I did, but he was a real inspiration to me. He, he was one of the guys that told me, Malcolm, you need to go into acting like nobody's business. And that is Leaping <laughs> Lanny Pompo, the poet laureate of the WWE. Yes. I'm going to say it. No, I can't so say that. Sad. World Wrestling Federation. I can't say that other thing, man. I'm, I'm too old school. Mm-hmm. And, 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 his dad, and his dad, Angelo Pompo, and I remember when he gave me this, Four by six picture at a Hollywood show in February 2006 with the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and Greg the Hammer Valentine and Captain Lou Albano and and signed it for me, Lanny. And Lanny, in your honor, I want to say this: Lanny Puffo was one of the greatest upcoming superstars ever, and he was my brother, and he had the madness in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> And You're the I man, Malcolm. We're all mourning, man. Did he pass away, Jerry? No, no. Hopefully he'll be okay. They said uh, okay, they said well, he's doing better. Superstar's been sick. I want to send my best to Superstar because I met him two times. I love Superstar. I love it when I do the Hogan thing and you put your fist right in my face joking with me. I used to love that when you do that with me. Uh, so Superstar, uh, you are the man. You're the man with the bionic biceps, too, from SummerSlam 88. And uh, Jerry the King Lawler, I met you in Las Vegas. I held that stupid Raider flag up and ruined the picture. But, Jerry, I'm hoping I get another picture with you. And I'd like to go to your restaurant there in Memphis, Tennessee someday and see that Batmobile inside there uh, that I know you have in there. And uh, Malcolm, did I ever tell you about the time I met Jerry Lawler? No, you didn't, Brady, but I'd love to hear it. Oh, it was, it was good. It was really good. So I'm at a convention, and he's sitting kind of across. I, I was down there with Bruce in Atlanta, and um, I'm sitting there, and Jerry Lola's across the way. And I was like, I, I was actually friends with uh, Jerry's ex-wife, Stacy the Cat Carter. So I, I texted her, yeah, and we're kind of going back and forth. Yeah, we're t- going back and forth. We're talking about Jerry Lawler, and I'm like, you know, he's right here. I'm like, I, I want to say something that I'm kind of nervous. And she's like, oh, don't be nervous. He's, she's like, actually, he's a lot like you. Like, he's, he, he's kind of like, you know, funny. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, you guys will really hit it off because you're very similar. Oh, we did. And she's like, we so go talk to him. So I walked up to him. So I walked up to him, and I was like, hey, Jerry, you know, like, you don't know me, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was talking to uh, Stacy, and she said that – um we're very similar. And he looked at me up and down, and he goes, wow, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I love you, too. Yeah. Uh, my brother oh, the king is awesome. I, hopefully he'll be my around for a long, long time. He said that he might be in Las Vegas this year at, uh, at uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, CAC, the Call for Alley Club. Mike said he might yep. go just meet the king. So I could say, <laughs> Oh, I'd like to do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. 
he said he was watching a match, and I brought this up with Velvet Sky and uh, Angelina Love in Las Vegas at Starcast 2019 during Memorial Day. And I said, Mike, like when Jerry the King Lawler, uh, and he was announcing with uh, with uh, J- Jim Ross, and he goes, oh, he goes, Jr. He goes, Mae Young and uh, what's his name, the fabulous Lula came out. They took off. Malcolm, absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, hopefully the Eagles win next week and you'll be able to go ahead. Go ahead. My buddy, my best friends at Hulk Hogan's Beach Shop here in Orlando, my main man, Lou, Mania Gene, uh, Liz, Maddie, and a new lady named Taya that just started working there. And my man, Ron Amania Howard, who, who knew that I carried a 100-pound, a, a 65-inch television three blocks about two weeks ago on a Monday, all the way back from Target store to here. Uh, he said, you are a real Hulkamaniac, brother. So I just wanted to send the best back to them, okay? <laughs> and to Vince McMahon. Love Vince it, brother. McMahon, I don't care what you do, Mr. McMahon. I still want to meet you. And I will always have respect for what the wrestling you gave me in the eighties, no doubt. Piper and Hope. Well, he did. He did give us a lot of great memories, yeah. for sure. Malcolm, thank you for calling in, brother. I, I hopefully, we talk to you next week, and hopefully, the Eagles win. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Take care, brother. Love Bye. you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> there you have it, Malcolmania. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm the only one that's amused all the time with him, aren't I? <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> what you gonna do when Malkamania runs wild on you, brother? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to nine oh three, uh, Dustin mm. down in Orlando. <clears throat> What's going on, pal? Everybody's I'm in Orlando good. tonight, but me. How you doing? I'm good. You're good. I'm good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. So, um, oh, man. yeah, Royal Ro- Rumble was good in person. I enjoyed that. That was a blast. I was expecting you to be one of the surprise entrants. No. No. It, it, just the shocker of the night was Sammy's name turning on Bloodline and the Bloodline turning on him. I'm like, man, that was that pop yeah. he got from the crowd. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, he's going to be what, over what? now. Let's let's be clear though, the bloodline didn't turn on Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn turned on the bloodline. Sami Zayn and, is the bad guy here. Well, here's the thing: the pop he got from that, him hitting Roman that chair, I was like, oh my god, I wasn't expecting that. That's because that's because the fans are jerks. Roman did nothing well, wrong there. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, see, my picks <laughs> won the Rumble, like, like I said they would. Cody Rhodes wins the man's, and Red Rippy won the woman's match. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah. Pretty see, exciting. I told you I was going. I told you for weeks I was going to be right. That's that's who was going to win each match. Well, I mean, to be fair, they were my picks too. Oh yeah, uh, and I can't believe that. Yeah, I, 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 I think they made it kind of obvious. Well, it was shocking to see that Rhea started the match number one. I was like, there's no way that she'll uh, go all the way to the end at number one and get thrown out. Like, like, like Gunter did at the end of the men's match. Like, she lasted all the way to the I, end I just, and gets thrown out. 
Yeah, it's right. Yeah, Gunther part of wrong. me would have loved to see Gunther win it. <laughs> yeah, I, seriously. Yeah. I, now I just want to do a little social experiment here. So, so Dustin and I both picked Cody Rhodes and Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumbles. Uh, Stro, who did you pick to win the Royal Rumble this year? I wanted Gunther, man. I really did. I, I was. <laughs> he was that would have been great fun. too. That oh been yeah. Oh. Howard, who did you pick? I, I actually I I wanted, you know, Gunther to to win it. I think he did well. Um, you know, I just, I wanted something different to happen. I just I wanted it to be different and a surprise and and it really was. Did you feel like it was? I was going to say, did you feel like it was different or a surprise? <laughs> it was different I, I wanted Cody to... Rhodes never won it, but. It was predictable. Right, yeah. We, You know, and, you know, again, I wish they wouldn't have spoiled his return so soon. But, you know, it, it is how what great, it is. And yeah. how, how, great, oh. how great would it have been if, like, how great would it have been, Dustin, if, like, Cody Rhodes came out at 29 and he tossed Gunther over, and then 30 hit and it was MJF and he came out and he low-blowed Cody and threw him over the top. <laughs> no, but that wouldn't happen. But, yeah, um, you know, um, I, 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 just had that feel, I, I just had that feeling Cody Rhodes ain't going to win it, maybe. So that's your prediction. Cody Rhodes is going to lose. Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't think Rhea's winning either. <laughs> I think Rhea will win. I'm undecided about uh, yeah. Cody. I think Cody was supposed to win, but I'm not oh, sure Rhea. if change isn't in motion. I think Rhea will win. She'll be she's playing she's playing Charlotte. She's game. she's gonna be playing well, well here's the thing, here's the thing, just uh Brady. Uh Charlotte Flair is two and oh in matches against Rhea Ripley. What do you think will happen? Like, okay, if if Rhea Ripley does win, do you think they'll break up Judgment Day? Because she'll be the SmackDown champion. I, I think Judgment Day is going to move to SmackDown because Dominic's supposed to start, start that feud with his father. Yeah. I, although I really think his father's Eddie Guerrero. The more and more I watch it. Yeah. I'm starting to think the wrong man won the ladder match that day. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. uh, I just think it'd be it'd be interesting to you, uh, like them um, is going going forward. You know, like also I want to see them have their match and get it over with. What if they just drove NASCAR around for like six more weeks, like they did this week? It was a good race. Uh, uh, that was a that was a blast to go in in person. So like I didn't get to go last year, but I went this year. Oh, you, you saw Rey Mysterio race a car? Yeah, that that, that was something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I was wondering what, what they were doing. I, honestly, I, I saw the Judgment Day there. I was like, oh man. <laughs> uh, like, I, I was kind of interested, you know. Well, actually, I was there for the race uh, that they had over the weekend. Uh, that that was a blast. Okay. In the Coliseum. That was a great happy boss night around with uh, Dominic to be awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we all know, I already know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I'm shocked that we're getting Beth and Edge versus Rhea and Finn at Elimination Chamber. I didn't think that was going to happen. 
Yeah, that'll be exciting. Should be a good I'm match with, with Beth and Edge winning here. I, I think Beth and Edge are going to lose, but it'll be good. I don't know, Brody. I, I, I think it, they would win here just to get their revenge on the Judgment Day. Like have I was just I was get, just a little confused. Like, is Edge and Beth Phoenix going to be in the same race car, or is it going to be four race cars for this one? No, Elimination Chamber. No, I, I don't know. But um, oh, I thought they were doing a NASCAR match. No, no. Are you no, four? but um. Uh, but, but I, I think they're, uh, I think Edge and Beth are going to win because uh, I think Edge Edge will pin Finn Balor to win, and then they'll just move on from this feud because I'm getting tired of seeing it. Maybe Edge will turn on Beth Phoenix and join Judgment Day. Yeah, ah. I hope not. I hope not. That'd be like, great, wouldn't you know. it? <laughs> no, I don't want a divorce. <laughs> I don't think he's oh, gonna God. turn on his wall. I don't think that. I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be great television. He's like, I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm going back to judgment. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think Austin Theory's gonna retain the U.S. titles. Uh, it's obvious. Yeah, no one's gonna win the title chamber. Really? Uh yeah, if they're going to survive and be champion, they probably champion for another four or five months and then, then lose. I think he's going to lose to Cena. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Cena's supposed to be fighting Logan Paul. Okay. No, isn't that Seth? Isn't that Seth supposed to be wrestling Logan Paul? That's what I heard. Man, I hope, man, I yeah. hope not. Hmm. I cannot I hope, stand I hope they Logan have a, Paul. They, they should do a they should do a Ricochet versus uh, Logan Paul like lariat match. Yeah, the first guy to knock yeah. the head off, the other guy wins. No, but but um, you know, I just can't I can't stand Logan Paul. I cannot. The dude don't belong in WWE. He don't belong. I got you, man. He uh-huh. don't like I don't understand. It. It's just it's stupid they signed him. And honestly, the dude belongs in boxing, not wrestling. He's pretty good though. Yeah, my nephew, my nephew Eli loves uh, Logan Paul. I'm like, he, it's all he talks about. And I'm like, dude, can you just shut up about Logan Paul, please? <laughs> <laughs> Your nephew Eli, I love it. He does. My nephew Malachi loves him too. Well, he, he's a big. He's been a big Logan Paul fan for years, and and I'm like, dude, I don't uh-huh. know why you like someone that that doesn't act his age most of the time. Uh, he acts his age. <laughs> well, Logan no, Paul, if you can see some of his, some of his uh, if you ever see some of his YouTube videos, he doesn't act his age sometimes. He acts like he's not half his age. So he's Tell not him that's your age, so not your like. shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Brady, who thinks going to win that women's chamber match at Chamber? Oh, God. Who's in it again? I forget. Oscar, um, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, uh, Carmella, and uh, I forgot who else. Uh, uh, Isn't there still somebody not yet named? Well, it's actually Natalia Carmella, Liv Morgan, 
uh, Raquel Rodriguez, and uh, Popper Niven. Wow. I would have Piper Niven win it. Or, or Raquel. And I would have them I beat think, Bianca. Just for something different. I, I yeah. think what's going to I think what's gonna happen here, Carmel wins the chamber and, and beats Bianca at Mania. What? <laughs> uh, Wait, who would beat Bianca? Oh, who would Carmella? Who would beat Bianca? Carmella. Carmella. Okay. Uh, Carmella Hayes. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, um, uh, no, and, and, and you know, they should combine characters and have them be Carmella Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I already know it's going to be Carmella Hayes versus versus Braun Breaker at Takeover in April. I already know that's where they're going. Uh, with Carmella Hayes won in the title. Okay. So, right. anything else, Dustin? Um, no, I really, you know, I just called in just, just, just talk. Yeah, brother. I hear well, you. I'll talk till next I week. Oh yeah, your birthday's yeah, next you, week. No. Oh yeah. Oh crap. Yeah, my birthday's next Tuesday. Oh sure, Girl, we might have day. to talk. Yeah, we might have to talk. It's my birthday and it's Valentine's Day. Oh man. You might have to take next week. I might need a PTO that day. I might need a PTO that day. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> we'll see. You take your day off. <laughs> we'll yeah, see. you should take your you should take your birthday off. So you shouldn't have to call in. You should and take I, a break. And I'm and I'm flying and I'm flying to Fort Lauderdale early the next morning too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm hoping there's a blizzard for the. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm hoping there's a blizzard and I can avoid the trip, but it's probably not going to happen. So. <laughs> well, you never know, you know. Yeah, probably not. Well, well right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye. All right, all right, yeah. bye. Bye. Mm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Man, he is something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, we hardly touched on it tonight, but Howard, uh, what are your thoughts on um, the Jerry Lawler news from today? Which, um, like, thank God, it's kind of like seems to be trending upward, but it was a little scary today. I I hate seeing some of these guys get older. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just you know, even from you know my what I'll call childhood. You know, with with Lanny passing last week, and you know, with Lawler, you know, having the you know the issue today, and it does sound like it's trending upward, and I hope it continues to trend upward. Yeah. You know, it just seems yeah. like you know. The Lanny thing sucks too. The, yeah. I, yeah. 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 It's just you know, it's just my you know, all of my childhood idols are, you know, are are passing. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's it's you know, starting the end of you know, an era that, you know, we'll never be able to get back and you know, eventually we'll you know dare I say, you know, it won't be handed down, you know, any further. You know, as as these older guys pass on, all of those stories and all of those things are are gonna be, you know, gone. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it's happening more and more by the day. You know, there's that oral history that's just kind of, you know, a lot of it is documented, but there's still so much, so much. Like, I was thinking about that with superstar Billy Graham. Like, the history that's going to go away. Every time I listen to Billy Graham talk, I learn something that I didn't know. You know, every time I read something that he posts, it's like, it's educational. And it's like, yeah, that's going to suck when that's not around anymore. You know, the the old... It's like a link to the past. Yeah, and not only how far you go back, but the old Ernie Ladd, you know, sitting on their learning tree is is eventually going to be gone. You know, it's, you know, know, like you said, that oral history is, is going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Stroke, you had... I'm trying to remember, and and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but something with the ownership of the name Gorgeous George, which, like, you were using that, right? And then Randy yeah. Savage, I guess, acquired it or something? He was going to use it for his brother? Yeah, they... they um and it didn't work out actually for either one of us actually at the time uh, mm-hmm. for some for some unknown reasons because uh, they were going to bring him in because I, I agreed made an agreement they would bring him in under Lord of Swords and I'd be under another moniker and it just never yeah, really pan out. Yeah, ultimately time. became so, Maestro, right? Right, and yeah. so and so it was just that, uh, and then. Honestly, yeah, yeah and uh, Gorgeous George is actually part of my legal name now. <laughs> so, yeah, well, good, be Gorgeous good. George. I mean, you know I mean? That, that's I mean that's your family too, you know. So like you should be yeah. entitled to that. So, did did yeah, you know that Howard? But, he he's actually related to Gorgeous George, the original. No, no, that see, I I, I yeah. learned something tonight. Yeah, it's my, my yeah, my grandfather yeah. smartened me up, actually. I didn't know about it until, actually, when I started, until I started wrestling. And I had, like, Dusty Rhodes and William Regal and different people um, comparing my style to the, you know, Chris Gordon stories. And that's when uh, I found yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty wild. wild. But, but, yeah, I mean. And nothing against, but, yeah, sorry. No, no, I mean, the, the pop was, I mean, they've always been good to me, though. I mean, honestly, and just. Oh yeah, so yeah, we've been good to them too, like reminding them to keep the belt the right way and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh oh, yeah, yeah. Just funny story. Did I I tell you guys this? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I'd love to hear it again. A lot of people haven't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm in new gorilla position, and uh, Randy (laughs) and uh, me and Gene Oakland are getting ready to go out do a, a a live interview, right? And uh, I, I yeah. went up to Randy. I said, Randy, Randy, I, I can't let you go out like that. And he said, why not? And uh, I, I, I just can't. <laughs> did, 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 uh, did Olsen say anything? I said, no. Did Olsen say anything? I mean, I got to get out there. Damn it, Randy, I can't let you do it. I said, why? You know, because your belt's upside down. He looks at the oh, they big brother. And he puts it back on, and then Gene's about to lose it over there. That's just hilarious. Funny stuff. 
<laughs> I love it. That story, that story, and also you got to tell the one Howard will love this one. Uh, when um, Hall and Nash come into the territory in WCW. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, you know yeah, the one yeah. in the meeting. Yeah, this is yeah, amazing. I'm, this is hilarious. Yeah, some yeah. there was some of the agents talking, right? And here comes Hall and Nash. They come through the door, and, and Scott is excited because <laughs> he sees me, and, and he calls me George because you know George back in the Hey George, remember we used to beat up Lawler back in Memphis? <laughs> yeah. like, and they all looked at me. That, and yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. To be a fly on that wall. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first WWF show I ever went to was, um, it was in 1989. I think it was December of 89. And um, Hulk Hogan defended the title against Kurt Hennig. And Hennig's manager at the time was the genius, Lenny Poffel. So during the course of, during the course of the match, I guess, at some point, Lenny Poffo steals the title and runs off with it as the genius. And the theme of the show from that point to the end was Hogan trying to get his title back from Lenny Poffo. It was amazing. And he does at the end, obviously. Hogan mm-hmm. does get his title back. That was the first uh, WWF show I ever went to. And I just remember being enthralled by Lenny Poffel. Because he was just, you know, Kurt Hennig was so good and so technically sound. But, like, mm-hmm. what Poffel brought out in him was, like, it made it fun. You know, and Bobby Heenan obviously took it to the next level. But, yeah, Lenny Poffel was fun. And like I said earlier, oh, yeah. he did so much for the show in the early years when we were on the same wrestling network, when like when the show was kind of starting out. Um yeah, I it's it's hard to believe that he's gone. It's it's crazy. Sad. Very sad. Mhm. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's about it. Yep. I mean, I, I, I got nothing else. Howard, anything you wanted to plug for this week? <clears throat> no, no, other than, you know, we're hoping you for, a, you know, an Eagles win on Sunday. Oh, God, I hope. Yep. Go go Eagles. <laughs> go Please. Eagles. Go Birds, as they say. <laughs> Apparently somebody was um they they got called for jury duty and um they were doing like roll call and jury duty downtown Philly. So they call out a name and then one guy started instead of saying here he said go birds. And the whole end a whole room ended up just saying go birds when their name was called. I was reading about it. So you, yeah. you know 
I, I just thought of, you know, like years ago uh, when uh, Randy yeah. Savage and uh, Lanny Poffer were teaming up in Memphis and they took on the Rock and Roll Express and they did the deal where Randy uh, pile drives Ricky Morton through the table, right? Through, through the table. Was, yeah. Yeah, and it was like yeah. years before the Terry Funk Rick Flair deal. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that they were way ahead of their time, man. <clears throat> hey, you know they were saying that you know the announcer was saying he broke Ricky Morton's neck. Yeah. Pretty wild. Pretty crazy. They were a great team. Pretty crazy. Randy and Randy were. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing time. I'm sure it was incredible. So, all right, Stro. What do you got going on this week, man? Well, WCW Wrestling Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're talking wrestling, families, and feuds. Just putting them all together. <laughs> so, if you got any, got any of them you'd like to share, please call in. It's going to be a good time. I love it. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to In the Room this week on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. If you missed the Keith Elliott Greenberg interview, be sure to go back in the archives and check it out. It'll post in a little while. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Absolutely a great time. Thoughts and prayers to Jerry Lola's family, Lenny Papo's family. And, uh, yeah, Oof, it's tough. It's a very tough thing. Um, anyway, thank you to Keith for being the guest tonight. Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to the best crew I could ever ask for. Uh, March 25th, ECWA Super 8 Tournament. Tickets and information, ECWAWrestling.com. The uh, the lineup for the Super 8 this year featuring Studio Andino, Ryan Mooney, Jay George, Shannon Thomas, Sam Shields, Ellis Taylor, Joe Yates, and Rick Recon. Again, tickets and information, ECWAWrestling.com. And if you're anywhere near Marlboro, New Jersey... Be sure to stop in in person, 712 Genesee Drive, the Jersey dugout, right there in Marble, New Jersey. Uh, everybody take care. Be good to each other. Love you all very much. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.